Welcome back to Black Our Couch Reviews. We're here to discuss another episode of The Peripheral, Season 1, Episode 7, The Doodad, written by Jamie Chan and Scott B. Smith, directed by Alric Riley. I thought this was a good episode. There was one story arc that I could have done absolutely and utterly without, which is most of everything with Bob, Dee Dee, and Ella. I believe is her first name but everything that was going on for the most part in the peripheral was really solid and tommy tommy darius rucker himself came through in the clutch definitely an ally all right an ally not given the credit he is definitely due for being an ally I wonder if Dee Dee's gonna want to leave now because she's been through trauma and he's like well I'm not leaving my wife so I guess that's how they marriage gone they engagement gonna break up because <laughs> she was already ready to dip and is Corbell Pickett really dead is he really dead because he just got hit with the gun and we know that it can kill you but also it could not kill you depending on I suppose when the plot calls for it so i suppose we shall see before we jump into the recap wherever you listen to this podcast podbean stitcher apple podcast spotify youtube go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well if you want to send feedback blackercouch at gmail.com we i know this child is that loud that i can hear her through my door and probably through her door and i think she just shut her door because she heard me say that heffa is loud (laughs) she must have heard it in my essence we begin our episode with ella's blindness returning and at first she just wants reese to take her to the doctor without informing her children before blurting it out like it wouldn't be obvious when you ain't driving question why are you all out in the daylight with that huge ass gun on the driveway where anyone passing by can see you and wonder what the fuck is happening over there oh who does well it's our neighborhood friendly assassin gotcha bitch back at lev's lobier confiscates flynn her brother and connor to finish their conversation elsewhere along with beatrice with Lobier wondering if Flynn has a plan or is she just gonna keep stumbling face first into shit she somehow managed to confront the queen bee in her tower and I'm still not sold on that entire scene she requests Wilf join them with him surprised and Lev thinking it may be time to CYA all his possible homies and allies just went out the door with the police officer he's like the fuck i'm glad we see that he has something to him i'm not sure where he falls still on the the bad guy scale because i don't get mastermind bad guy particularly when we get to the ocean ash love confrontation he also feels like he just stumbled into shit he's not a mastermind he himself has been used but now is very much intrigued by the plan that 
to lesser thans have emotion. I don't know why TV shows feel the need like, but I usually see it in like soap operas or, you know, the flash, a CW show, a network television show is what I'm trying to say. So it is so weird for me that they use so many stock it's not a stock photo but it feels like stock film of the outside of this urgent care like five times you needed to tell us we were at the urgent care we got it it was such a weird use of time there's no counter on how these episodes you know that's one of the benefits it's they only need to be as long as they need to be which the sandman used to brilliant effect and yet the the need to continue to pan back there I thought was just silly. And it was a horrible shot anyway. <laughs> the only doctor working there, I guess this is supposed to be Dee Dee's place. I'm not sure. They never clarified that for me. But the only person working there is clearly Dee Dee. And she ain't even a great doctor since she had to be I had to ask this woman twice what seems to be the problem like my blindness isn't telling last time you saw me I walked in here all by myself now I am being escorted not to mention Jesus Christ didn't come down from wherever and fucking bless me for my blindness so you should already <laughs> maybe that's what it was supposed to be maybe she never knew she was uh healed Oh, and conveniently, someone can take their break. And Reese is soon to rest in peace. All right, so y'all just seen that corny ass shit. I'm ashamed of myself sometimes. Gladys haven't been asked about the same shit twice in one day after her boss told him to fuck off isn't about telling Tommy a damn thing, which he should have expected. How does one heal from a concussion laying down with a cold beer is what I would like to know. He is told what he already knew that there's a cover up. I don't know why we needed this scene. That's what I mean. There's parts of this episode really good. And then there's other parts where I'm just like, no, cut that out. Low beer takes them to the zoo, which is a metropolitan police training facility for coits, which are bipedal robots. It's also where the R.I. and the club cannot spy upon them. So it's pretty damn secure. She made sure to look over at Wilf, who this entire episode, I'm pretty sure only said one sentence for the penultimate episode. <laughs> he had the most standoffish uh, body expression. He kept looking sideways. Like my master told me not to say a damn word. So that's what my master going to do. But I'm like, dude, you are, you are getting so many bombshells. I need you <laughs> to stop being all. <laughs> I understand though. He is, you know, a black man and one must act appropriately when the police come poking around. But uh, the boys go with Beatrice for some training to get accustomed to their new peripheral bodies. I like that they can conjure, conjure, is that the correct way to say that? Facilities out of absolutely nothing. But it did feel like the kids were 
left off the play while the grown folks talk business. Beatrice, who's something special, tells them the goal is to kill anything in their path and make it to the roof in which there will be a surprise instead of a prize, which means I'm not going to like it. And they certainly did not. (laughs) Well, Connor didn't. Connor figured out right away that their current body functions are very much like their haptics because he's like you got night vision dude (laughs) it's like do this (laughs) quickly homegirl takes hers out she scores the boys and are told that they are uh, when they ask when they're explained to what coids are which are given a signed task it would seem even Sharice points out that Beatrice is something a little bit different and not designed by the R.I. She tells them, though, as we continue to go through the floors, there's going to be double the amount that is currently here. So you need to live by your motto or motto, whichever you prefer. I think it's actually motto. (laughs) Moto is a phone company. Tommy does what he should have done to begin with and breaks into the evidence yard, taking both Bob's gun and the doodad. Sheriff Crooked calls Tommy to tell him he's got a situation at the pickets. He needs help fixing it. So his leave is canceled as he summons him over. I thought it was weird when he was like, fix it. I'm like, how do you mean fix it? Fix it does not sound like a police (laughs) procedure. It sounds like a cover up. He didn't even (laughs) try to hide his intentions. Oh, no, more stock photo. Bob fakes injury. I don't even know why he needed to fake an injury and kills Reese because it's like one person in there. (laughs) He could have just wrapped up his arm, did a little bit of blood, whatever. But Reese, he did go down fighting before he takes Ella and Dee Dee hostage who called her husband instead of 911. Stupid. She really turned it to a snowflake real quick. Tommy, where are you? I'm like, girl, he, the minute he went to voicemail, call 911. Matter of fact, fucking call 911. <laughs> if the haptics work the way they say they do, shouldn't this whole squad be converging on the urgent care? I'm still a little shaky on how the, the haptics are supposed to be because it seems as if they needed to tap in. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's not constantly on. That would actually make sense because then you be, you would be constantly feeling, but that makes a whole bunch of more sense. Ocean and Ash discuss their conundrum and the fact that the inspector took their DNA. Ocean is freaked that they're going to be deconstructed, while Ash is intrigued by her first encounter with a police officer. Both are disgusted that Lev would ask them to do something illegal on a recorded line as they are being investigated for illegal for illegal activities (laughs) and he she really did hang up on him you've reached your limit on talking shut the fuck up it turns out they're trying to take advantage of alita's plan or they were in on alita's plan one or the other but they are discussing the stolen data and want to continue their access to Flynn's stub. So they have their own personal thing going on. 
which may lead to the bombshells that Lobear drops to Flynn, which he seems to take very well. I will say the acting was a little off in these scenes. Not Lobear, but Flynn. Flynn and both the actor that played Wilf should have been responding more to, to the situation. Turns out Connor didn't lose any limbs in their timeline, meaning that the RI opened up her stub a decade or decades earlier than they should have, causing major divergences, accelerating the jackpot considerably, intentionally so. To what end only Sharice Newland can answer. Haptics weren't developed yet, and while Connor came home in their timeline, Burton, her brother, died. I'm mad when she's like, Burton did not come home. What he he got me he got wounded? You're so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. I'm glad I found out two people wrote this script because I definitely feel like one was stronger than the other. The Sharice Newland conversation or Sharice uh, Lowbear conversation. Great. Um, what was the other one? For the most part, everything happening with the boys and Beatrice. Great. Um, even the Lev and Ocean and Ash confrontation. Great. But some of these others, I'm like, who wrote this? Why would you have her ask that question? Wilf was trustworthy about not being able to provide these details because the aunties are the only ones that can access these archives. However, she does seem to chastise Wilf about his infatuation (laughs) or their feelings for each other considering she marries her crush Tommy. But that's not... Oh, so basically in her timeline, she was supposed to marry Tommy, but because of the ri her her shit was blown was was diverged so what what that got to do with him he's like well i can't help how my heart feels (laughs) she developing feelings for me what do you want me to do about this he was like a salty though that that she married i would too though she you admitted you had feelings for me and then you didn't even look over at me (laughs) she's just like i married tommy Back to Charlie's Angels. And unfortunately, back to Bob and his hostages. And the entire time he was talking. Shut up, bitch. (laughs) The introduction of Bob was great. His exit was written very poorly. Back at the zoo where the animals come to play. I was like, really? (laughs) Way to dehumanize. (laughs) Or maybe humanize shit. The way in which the species reacts. It's not that different from our predecessors. That's faux show. Uh, She, uh, once they do get to the the top, because they're like, this is fucking amazing after mass murder. She says the surprise is me. Lobier asked some basic questions of Flynn as an interview for what she's not told. It's like, I only did one interview in my life. God, I hate that accent. I 
hate that accent anyhow um she applies some reverse psychology when she cannot answer why she doesn't want to sever the connection between the worlds because that would seem like the logical thing to do even though she paused and looked over at will so that was a dead giveaway but Lobier is caught out there when she's like do you even have the power to sever the connection between our worlds oh no we've run out of time time to shut you down <laughs> the boys are taken out far more viscerally with burton having his neck snapped <laughs> before connor's like shawty i'ma marry your ass <laughs> he's so stupid she's like you're fucking amazing then she kicks him off the building and he straight was like this is the best day of my life <laughs> he said i'm gonna marry her and then another the like the what is it is it catching between these fisher siblings stupidity dumbass questions marry who the robot lady who the fuck else did you think we was talking about who else have i been smiling at this whole time giving a side eye tommy shows up and jackman drops the facade pointing out it must be exhausting pretending to be blind to the corruption for a decade but shit is real right now mary's dead pickett's mad about it and you need to go get the fucking fishers get burton and his little sister (laughs) but mostly burton because he's got some questions that pickett wants him to answer before they set him up set them up for a crime tommy said no (laughs) before jackman had to tell him look stop playing like you ain't a black man in a small town in texas i literally approach you saying boy get your ass up in the car and go bring me (laughs) the fishers and little sister too lobier watches the training video with beatrice asserting they the boys assimilated well to their bodies with the haptics as an added bonus but if she had to choose between connor and burton despite burton being more dependable and predictable connor would be chosen in a crisis though she cannot account for why she feels that way it's probably because that shoddy hit her hard why don't you love me I have not shipped one couple in this show. One, even the couples they trying to present me, I have not shipped them. But this motherfucking couple right, this right here, this right here. (laughs) I ship this. I ship this all the way. After verbally self-logging himself in the truck, wondering how he could betray the Fishers, Tommy devises a plan. Watch closely. You're about to experience a nigga moment. My favorite scene of the episode. I mean, it's really hard not to to just watch Tania Miller do her thing. It's so it's so wonderful when she does it. Cause I know that a lot of female antagonists, it's really hard to try to to um to keep your femininity with without not to retain it and also be threatening like it's really I've, I've seen it fail a lot let's just put it out there i've seen it fail a lot in a lot of characters 
because it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, females going crazy. That's, that's far more insidious. Females are far harder for people to wrap their heads around or to get right. And Sharice very much feels like that. And I think the fact that they're not overusing her, overutilizing her is great with the exception of that one scene from last episode. Um, I just don't feel like Flynn is even close to being on the chessboard who should even have gotten close to the queen. I mean, even in this interaction with Lobier, it feels as if they're worthy opponents. Whereas Flynn feels like a child. Like, like I just don't, I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> Told you there's this one scene in The Walking Dead where Michonne is beaten. And I'm just like, I don't, this is bullshit. I'm not saying my character cannot be infallible or take an L. But that's not the bitch that you're going to have show up. Do it. Give him a worthy opponent that I, I I will believe but yeah she came in thumping her dick on the table calling out Lobear's maternal connection to her coy Beatrice which isn't supposed to resemble a paternal connection even though many coids resemble other familial connections to people in this world so what's her connection to Daniel she was very specific about building him uh and like i said last episode wouldn't have been a much more of a mind fuck to go send not my peripheral out there but her brother and speak through him to uh yeah missed opportunity blackmail achieved sharice comes out with what she wants and it's kind of for the most part the truth pause on that conversation to go to lev who listens in like oh okay y'all think i'm just a fool in my own home yeah no i know that you betrayed me she ash would have probably held firm but ocean is a very obvious weakness and so he threatens to kill him and he's the one shitting his pants (laughs) to figure out their plan and they admit alita was to steal the data from the ri in the burton's haptics that could be because uh, they mentioned that earlier that they don't necessarily know how to read the data. Uh, they have to decipher it in her stub, but because she doesn't have implants and he had her sister, his sister pilot, um, the data was turned into bacterial DNA or it was turned into bacteria that has wrapped around her brain and while lev certainly wants to sell it to the highest bidder they had intended to give it to the neoprisms so that they can burn this world to the ground and build a better one and he calls her a romantic fool he also says he likes ash but not ocean because ash is a kleptic at heart or cleft at heart being so uh, manipulative cutthroat ambushed ambitious so on and so forth but he says if he if they betray him again he will kill him after after he sent his son off when did did he get a kid to get a knife (laughs) so 
the so I can sit there and watch him just ki- yeah there's a sadistic element to the collect that's really weird and I don't know where Lev is in that because if that's just if he's small fry and this is what they do I mean because he was betrayed by him but he's like I do need your brilliance though but it feels like I keep great people around me so that I can I can nerf off of their accomplishments and pass them off as my own which is exactly effectively what he does he's a he's a bullish child and he even said I kept that part of me in check my vengeful side but this whole scheme you were never in the driver's seat but they are going to decode it or they are going to start what they were going to do before Sharice tells Lobier that she is disgusted by human nature girl same uh, she says the jackpot, as they keep calling it, uh, is down to the underlining condition of the species, which is our persistent resistance to acting for the greater good. <laughs> Sharice definitely trying to control human nature is my guess via remote piloting or modification of behavior due to this mechanism that she's developing which is not free will, which makes her the bad guy. But hey, going through a literal apocalypse, probably going to change your sanity a bit. And considering what the Kleps over there doing, you know, um, keeping pets as humans, I can see that the world is probably is in a fucked up place. It's not, I'm thinking these neoprisms aren't great, but the fact that they too are in another place this makes does it doesn't build a lot of hope doesn't build a lot of hope at all uh i will say lobier does understand the enormity of the situation of what she's asking her to as she lays out all the evidence and makes the request that you destroy this entire family and kill the fishers and all known associates in both worlds otherwise if the clap were to get their hands into this, that could be a major fucking problem because <laughs> they're going to try to upset the balance. And that would be part of the Metro's, uh, part of what they would be legitimately doing. But it seems as if Lobier, while certainly wanting to, to prick um the bull she felt very unsettled after that meeting especially when she sashayed looking gorgeous outside the room talking about come to my lair next time it's like i know i'm the fucking devil flynn trying to stop burton from killing is so annoying like bitch if i had killed him on the bridge the first time this shit right now this shit right now right here this would not be happening so let me do what i'm trained to fucking do and shut the fuck up and help okay and he does he finally kills the man and he's like good night motherfucker he didn't even try to ask him no questions <laughs> what does it mean though that burton died and he's alive in this timeline i mean they, don't, they didn't do much with burton i felt like they could have done more give him a black girlfriend <laughs> he needs somebody <laughs> they could have an interracial rainbow in the future rainbow family Tommy 
came back into the Corbell, Corbell picket, the picket home, eerily calm on the outside, but seething something fierce on the inside because he emptied his entire clip into that man before turning to Corbell like, it's a dude, dad, you arrogant motherfucker. What put up, cuz? What put up, blood? What put up, gangsta? We don't play that. We don't play that. We don't play that. G unit. We don't play around. I thought it was a really strong end for the penultimate episode. We finally got some definitive answers, but I feel like there's so many more questions. So I'm glad there's a season two. Do Dad got an 8.8 out of 10. If you want to send feedback on the finale, blockercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Hustling, 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 hustling.